Welcome to the Leave Your Mark podcast. In this episode, we'll explore the art and science of leaving a lasting impression on flexible packaging brought to you by Domino, the pioneer in printing solutions. This show takes you on a journey through the evolution of marking and coding on film. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. I'm here with uh, Dave Featherston and John Hall from Domino. Dave, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do at Domino. Yeah, hi, John. Um, yeah, I've been, I am a uh, product marketing manager uh, with Domino. Uh, I cover three of our technologies, a couple of which we're going to uh, talk about here today. Uh, I've been with Domino for uh, a little over six years, and I've been in the packaging industry for over 30. Great. John, tell us a little bit about your background and uh, how long you've been with Domino. Yes, my name is John Hall. I've been uh, with Domino about 20 years, and I'm responsible for the laser product lines. I'm the product marketing manager for North America laser products. Great. So you guys have obviously been around flexible packaging and uh, printing on film for a long time. Just tell me a little bit about the history and, you know, how, what the prevailing technologies have been in the past and kind of what's, what's popular these days. Yeah, maybe I can jump in on the first part of that since uh, printing with lasers on film is relatively new, but I was actually putting a little bit of thought into this. And, you know, honestly, when you kind of go back to the old days uh, of printing on film, a lot of that done, was done with hot stamp, um, you know, so it's either a foil or a, a colored uh, hot stamp. Uh, you would, uh, you know, stamp on a lot code and expiration date. Uh, a little bit different than what we're talking about here because the hot stamp could also work with uh, harder materials and such, but it was also, uh, you know, done on some of the film uh, as well. So uh, every time you had to change something over, you literally had to change out. If you want to change the date, you had to change the little type set out. So uh, just super, super prone to, uh, to errors, quality issues, uh, et cetera. So uh, we certainly come a long way. I would say probably about 25-ish years ago or so, uh, there started to be a strong migration to uh, TTO, which is uh, thermal transfer overprint. Uh, it uses a, a ribbon, uh, similar to a hot stamp, but more of a WYSIWYG type setup where you program in what you want your code to look like, et cetera. Uh, and out uh, you know, comes the image, the code, the human readable, whatever it might be uh, on the film. Um, you know, and then uh, from there, I'll kind of pop it over to John because I think he can talk a bit more about uh, some of the more uh, recent innovations, especially with regards to uh, laser on film. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, laser is, as Dave said, is, is a more recent entry into film coding applications. I'd say in the last five years, uh, uh, laser applications have really matured. And... Um, and typically because companies and customers had been using lasers in other applications and the uh, the ideas of having code permanence and uh, no consumables and, and, and some of the high speed, the preprint quality, all those things were things that customers were interested in seeing if they could apply these same attributes to uh, film coding. And it, it, it wasn't a, a straight line um, initiative to get it done because much of the laser coating that is done is done with ablation, which is actually removing material. And now we're working with thin films. That's the last thing you want to do is remove material. So there had to be a development of a new laser coating process, one in which you create a color change rather than remove material to create contrast. And so what we've done with, uh, with, uh, new technologies and new wavelengths are is to establish that color change rather than ablation approach. Great. 
So it sounds like to me, like kind of the three main technologies right now are the traditional TTO, you know, the 3T thermal inkjet and the UV laser. If I'm looking at this as a consumer, you know, and I need to mark on my product, what are the differences between the three? Can you guys get into just breaking down the benefits and, you know, maybe drawbacks of each one? Yeah, I can, I can start since again, it kind of has a couple of the uh, older technologies here. Um, you know, like I said, the TTO, it's been around for, uh, you know, over 20 years now. Um, yeah, very well for, uh, you know, flexible packaging, it basically only is for flexible packaging. Um, but putting, you know, anything from a, a barcode to a simple lot code, expiration date, et cetera. Um, so anything you might see with the potato chip bag that says, you know, $1.99, such and such an expiration date, uh, that's generally done with TTO. So um, there's been a, a little bit of interest in the marketplace and then something that we've been trying to drive a little bit as well. Uh, and that is the 3T that you mentioned. Uh, and what that is, is that is a thermal inkjet cartridge. And when you think of a thermal inkjet cartridge, you can think of something very similar to the uh, you know cartridge you might have in your uh, desktop printer at home. So cartridge goes out, you put a new one in. You know the nice thing with that is you're getting a new print engine. You're getting you know basically you know, ready to go uh, every time out of the gate with that. So um, can offer some advantages over TTO with regards to price, especially when it comes down well capital cost A because you're actually mounting inside of an existing uh, TTO bracket. Uh, but even more so in your ongoing consumable costs, um, because for a simple one line, two line lot code expiration date, um, you uh, actually save quite a bit of money uh, over TTO. So uh, that's kind of those two technologies. So I'll turn it over to John to talk about laser. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, with with laser, it's uh, it's kind of a different process when you have to qualify films. You have to uh, verify because to get laser coating, the, the film has to be compatible. It has to absorb the laser energy. And so that's one of the first things that of any laser project is that you would send film into the sample lab and then it would grade its receptiveness to the laser energy. Once the, the material is deemed to be receptive to the laser energy, then there's a ultraviolet wavelength, which is typically what is used. And what it does is it uh, creates a color change by breaking a molecular bond uh, in the color molecule, leaving the, the film intact, but giving you that color change. And that's why it's ideal for film. Previous lasers, CO2 lasers, um, were not applicable. And that's why a, a new wavelength, a new laser process needed to be developed. So is there like um, like line speed requirements or, you know, I mean, what what differentiates the one for the other? And how do you decide, you know, if you're in a customer talking to them, which which product is right for them? Is there key questions that you ask or how do you guys approach that? For me, it's it's going to be that that fundamental process. If the if the material is receptive, then then the lasers are extremely fast because with lasers, there's two parts to the equation. It's how fast we can apply the energy and the other half just as important as how readily available or absorptive is that material. And so if there's a good marriage there of, of absorptivity, then we can run really quickly. So laser is clearly one of the better ones for high speed production lines. Is there a, a higher cost between a lot of them or how do you kind of break it's, that down? Yeah, laser by far is going to be the highest acquisition cost but probably the lowest cost in use. So those things will play against each other. 
the, the laser is going to have code permanence. It's just a characteristic of laser coating is that it's permanent. There's there's not a consumable that could uh, be taken off. So, and, and also the laser integration lasers are typically larger um, than the other printing technologies. What's the quality like between the three technologies? Is one more you know readable or legible than the other? I'll start with mine. I think both um, TTO and uh, the thermal inkjet, they're both going to give you uh, a very dark, uh, you know, black, opaque uh, code. Um, you know, for TTO, we use a, we have a variety of different ribbons uh, that we can use on it, actually different colors as well. Uh, but again, you know, generally black is used for lot code, expiration dates, barcode, those kind of things. So um, very similar as far as, uh, you know, how dark they're going to be between the two. Um, one, the, the, the um, thermal inkjet would use a uh, solvent-based ink uh, to achieve that, so. Yeah, yeah. there's a level of consistency that you get with a TTO or a TIJ product because, as David said, you're, you're applying that black uh, material to create contrast. With laser, again, because it's energy being absorbed, on a dark substrate, you may get a light code. On a uh, light substrate, you're probably going to get a dark code. So um, it's it can give you really nice coding, but it's not as consistent as, say, always having a dark contrast. You may get variation across colors, and that could be fine as long as the film is receptive. But in terms of consistency and saying, seeing the same exact contrast on every product, uh, that's certainly uh, in the realm of, of uh, the TTO and the TIJ. Now, Dave, you mentioned uh, the 3T thermal inkjet, and that's not as common of a technology. Is that something new with Domino? And can you tell us a little bit more about that, how that works as compared to just traditional TTO? Yeah, um, it, the, the technology in and of itself is not, is not new to the industry, uh, nor new to Domino. Um, we've had a line of uh, thermal inkjet printers for you know 20 plus years now. Uh, what has been new is kind of a different approach to it uh, in that, you know, again, it, I'll go back to that uh, comment of, you know, your ink cartridge at home. Our, our ink cartridges or any ink cartridges for that matter, in the most part, uh, for thermal inkjet are very similar, you know, to that size. Um, so then you have a print head that that actually mounts in, which is a little bit bigger than that because it needs to, you know, obviously hold the cartridge and uh, have your connections, et cetera, to it. So um, what we've done is uh, come up with a mounting bracket that would then mount that inside of uh, what's called a window bracket, which traditionally what is used uh, to uh, hold a TTO printer. Uh, and think of it as kind of an elongated long table turned sideways. So you've got, you know, more or less four legs on it uh, and, you know, two different sides to it. Uh, and that can be mounted to a variety of different pieces of equipment. Uh, the two you probably most see it uh, integrated with is a vertical form foam seal and a horizontal form foam seal. Um, so what we would do in this solution is you actually take out the existing TTO uh, printer uh, you would have a controller that would be a little bit separate from the print head itself. Uh, it could be mounted you know, anywhere you know, in the production line area. Uh, and then you would actually have one or even up to two uh, print heads uh, in that existing TTO bracket, uh, each providing uh, a half inch of uh, print height. Uh, and again, you know, uh, it, it, with films that we're talking about here, you're obviously talking about solvent-based things, but, uh, you know, generally black, but uh, you do have a variety of colors as well. So um, relatively, I haven't seen too many other uh, folks using this approach out there. 
Uh, I did actually uh, have a beer with a colleague uh, a few weeks ago, and he said, yeah, actually, he had dabbled in a little bit, but uh, we're kind of excited about it. Uh, you know, uh, Domino as a company, is a, uh, we're based in the UK. Uh, they've had some pretty good success with it over there. So uh, we're pretty excited to show it at PAC Expo and uh, see what people think. Yeah, so that's a good point. You guys are going to be out at PAC Expo next week. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you are showcasing all three of these technologies in your booth? Yeah, they actually will all be uh, on the same, uh, what's called an unwinder rewinder table. So uh, we'll be printing on a, uh, a, a roll of film uh, with all three technologies. So we can uh, show you all three at once or, uh, you know, happy to break down and uh, dive in deeper to uh, any of the three. So another question, guys, sustainability is a big topic for a lot of companies these days. Is one of these technologies or all three of these technologies, you know, how do they address the sustainability challenges and, you know, can they help a company work towards the sustainability goals? Multi-layer films, which are highly functional and, and do a lot of great things for us, but they're typically not recyclable. Uh, the process to separate those films, those film layers, it's complex, it's expensive, and therefore it typically doesn't get done. So there's growing pressure to replace multi-layer films with monolayer films, which are easier to recycle. So that's one of the trends that we're seeing. Um, and one of the, again, another reason that the UV laser was developed because of its ability to print on, on monofilms. So that's one thing. The other thing is with the laser technology, there's not a consumable that you're adding to the product. So you're not adding to anything that's going to go into the waste stream. Um, it's, it's laser energy. It's not a, a VOC or it's, it's nothing that's added to, you know, for dry time or things like that. So um, in general, laser in general is a green technology um, for those reasons. Yeah, and just to, and just for the other two, to, you know, for the TTO and the uh, you know the three T, the uh, the thermal inkjet, you know, um, unfortunately, I wouldn't say they're environmentally unfriendly, but you know, you do have a uh, like for example, as far as waste goes, uh, you'd have an empty cartridge with TIG, and you know, that's going to hold hold true for anybody out there using that kind of technology. For TTO, you would have a. Uh, you know, an empty plastic core uh, for uh, ribbons as well. So uh, some folks have done some recycling programs and things uh, on that, uh, but you don't see anything, you know, real uh, whole scale. Um, as far as the material goes, and yeah, you know, John nailed it when you start thinking about, you know, at least nowadays at the moment, most potato chip bags, things like that, those are multi-layer laminate materials. So, you know, in most cases, not recyclable. Um, but, you know, when we do get to a point where you have some monolayer films that can provide the barrier properties that, you know, certain products might need, um, you know, I, I certainly wholeheartedly agree with John, you know, laser is the way to go. You don't, you don't have anything. Whereas, you know, with TTO or TIG, um, you know, the, the ribbons themselves are made up of a mix of either wax or resin. Uh, and then on the ink for the uh, TIG, that is a solvent-based ink. John, tell me a little bit about maybe some of the aspects of waste that go along with coating and marking on film that people don't really think about. Yeah, that's that's a that's a great question, and, and certainly something that was a surprise to me the the amount of waste, uh, the amount of product that actually has to be thrown away when there are missing or unreadable codes, um, because typically, if you think about it, coating is done when the film is flat and in positive control, and once you wrap that film around a product, 
it neither flat or in positive control. So there's really a challenge in reworking this uh, product, which is typically why the product gets thrown away. It's just not worth the the time, the effort, the expense of reworking a product. So waste numbers can get really high if codes aren't in place um, properly. So are you saying that with a, like a laser coder, you can actually code products after there's product been put in the the packaging? Is that what you're driving? Uh, ideally, you you we want to code exactly as TTO and the TIJ folks are coding when it's flat and positive and in positive control. There are some. It makes it more challenging for a laser because you figure a laser, you you're at a certain focal length with the lens. Uh-huh. And a, a product that's not flat, it's going to have sections of the package that will be in focus and out of focus. And that certainly could degrade your code. But that would be the same uh, with traditional TTO and thermal I, inkjet I, as well, right? I think we all need that flat, positive control of the film to get our best coding. Yeah, I mean, with TTO, it's a, almost, it is a 100% on that. Um, with thermal inkjet, well, in the application that we're doing here in a TTO bracket, that would be the case, yes. So flat film. So guys, you're going to be out at Pack Expo. Um, you're going to be at booth sixteen fourteen in the central hall next week, um, and you guys will both be there, correct? Yes, we both will. So uh, certainly welcome uh, anybody to stop by. Uh, I believe the show is Monday and Tuesday uh, nine to five, and then Wednesday nine to three. So. And I heard a rumor that you guys had a free drink and learn or drink and sip. I forget what it's called. But, Hell uh, yeah, no drink and learn. Yes, yeah. So what we'll be, uh, what time and where? We will be doing that at that uh, same booth, sixteen fourteen, I believe, Uh, and um, it will be from three thirty to five thirty. So, you know, come by, stop, and uh, talk to one of the experts at the booth, see some equipment, uh, have a drink, and you know, you might even learn something. But we're not we're not going to force you to. (laughs) Great, and then that is Monday afternoon, correct? Correct, three thirty to five thirty. Yeah. Great. Well, we will see you guys in Las Vegas, and thank you so much for the time. And if if guys have questions on um, this technology and you know printing on film, encourage you to reach out to John and Dave. They're both going to be listed on um, the show notes here, and uh, they'd be happy to help you. You know, figure out what's right for you. They can uh, get samples. You know, run correct, Dave, at the lab there. Absolutely. Yes. So. Great. Well, have a safe trip, fellas, and we will see you in Vegas. Thanks, Thanks, John. Yep. Bye, everybody. Bye now. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Leave Your Mark, the coding and marking podcast sponsored by Domino. We hope you enjoyed our insightful discussion and gained valuable knowledge to enhance your operations. Remember, for more information on revolutionizing your coding and marking solutions, visit codingandmarkingpodcast.com. Podcast.com.